Welcome along, I'm Alan Williams and this is the Alan Williams Podcast. Hey team, episode number 53 of the podcast. I hope you're all having an amazing week. The podcast is a day late this week, as some of you may have noticed. The recording platform was down yesterday, meaning I had been recording and it wasn't saving. Thankfully, I hadn't recorded for too long before I realised that that was the case. I'm giving another blast today. It's up and running again, I think. So hopefully, this particular recording will make it as far as you. With a bit of luck. Last week's podcast, I was a little bit irritated when I listened to it back. And it's the small things that gets me sometimes. And I have to learn to train the perfectionist out of myself at times too. I always say to people, progress, not perfection. And sometimes that has to apply to me as well. There's a, definitely an element of perfectionism in me at times where I think everything should be 100%. When maybe 90% is enough. The thing that irritated me was when I listened to it back, it went straight into the podcast. There was no jingle at the start. So I was thinking, why was that not in there? That's always in there. And then I realised, and I don't know why I did it, but I actually forgot to add it at the beginning. And given that I'm 53 podcasts in and I do it every single week, it's not likely to forget it. So I was a little bit annoyed at myself and it just was irritating me for a couple of hours. I was going, ah, the podcast without the jingle at the start, maybe it's not as professional. And then you have to realise that maybe you just need to let these things go because people are here to listen to the podcast and they're here to get value from the podcast and maybe they aren't too bothered about the 12 second jingle at the start. So I just had to learn to let that go and I'm going to do my best with that sort of thing going forward. Little mistakes will happen from time to time and there's not much point beating yourself up about it. I think we're probably harder on ourselves than we are on anybody else. When I was bringing it back and putting it into perspective, I was thinking about the podcast I listened to and I thought, if you were the guy listening, and the jingle at the start was left out, would you care? And I was going, I wouldn't give two flying you-know-whats. So, yeah, sometimes you just have to put it back into context and not be so hard on yourself. As regards the podcast, I've counted up the episodes. I know I I was thinking there was a fair few solo casts in a row when I counted them up. This is episode number 19 in a row that has been a solo cast. So thanks a million for sticking with me, folks, throughout the lockdown. The numbers have been incredible. I've been very surprised at how the numbers have held up, given that we haven't had guests on. So I'm really, really delighted with that because we're, we're charting most weeks now. We're in the Irish podcast chart most weeks. And given the fact that it's just myself talking for 19 weeks in a row, I think that is... It's phenomenal and I'm I'm blown away by it because it's been great for me. It's given me an opportunity to practice speaking, practice on recording and you know it's 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 much easier for me to sit down and do an interview. That's much, much easier because I have much less time speaking. Whereas when it's kind of 40, 45 minutes of me speaking, it's more of a challenge. Can you keep people engaged for 40, 45 minutes? That's not an easy thing to do. So I'm delighted that the numbers are staying high and I'm delighted that we are appearing in the charts every week because we're getting out to more and more people. I've been looking at who I'm getting on over the next few weeks once normality or some sort of normality resumes. I've got some great guests lined up. And here's the thing, guys, and this is a testament to you for listening as well. Because the podcast is going so well now and it's getting a bit of a reputation, people are almost lining up to get on the podcast, which is a lovely position to be in. I'm not having to go chasing people anymore and begging people to come on for a chat. People want to do it now. But the number one rule that's been there from day one with the podcast, back when we had 10 listeners and a man and his dog somewhere in Morocco, now we've actually got a decent listenership. I always said from day one, I'm only going to bring on guests that are going to bring value to you guys. And that rule stays, even though now people are asking me, can they come on the podcast? That rule still applies. I'm only going to get people on who you are going to enjoy, who you're going to get something from. Maybe somebody who's going to inspire you or motivate you in some way, or somebody who can bring a little bit of knowledge to the table, somebody who's possibly a good speaker. All these different things are the factors I look at when I'm considering who's going to come on the podcast. I'm not going to just let somebody on for the sake of it. And I'm definitely not going to let somebody on who's just here to promote themselves or promote a business so that's always what's gonna that's where we're going to be with the podcast that's the type of guests we're going to have on and that's why i was again keen to not just jump in during lockdown and do recordings over the phone because the quality suffers but also wanted to make sure that i can sit down face to face with people and get the best interviews that we possibly can so yeah thanks many for listening and it is still appreciated as always and it will always be appreciated and more and more people are coming on board all the time and if you guys could help me spread the word that would be absolutely brilliant share it out on social media tell your friends all those things really, really help. Today's episode is going to be a little bit shorter. I'm back. You guys may not have noticed, but there was a little bit of a break in the podcast there. I started sneezing, so I had to hit stop and start doing a little bit of editing. And now I'm back. So what I was saying there was the podcast is probably going to be a shorter one today. I know I nearly say that every week and I end up going 50 minutes long. 
it probably won't be so long today. I get a little bit passionate sometimes about the topics and I can get carried away and end up talking for much longer than I had intended, but I'm going to try and keep it a wee bit shorter today. Today we are speaking about managing ourselves physically, mentally, emotionally. I want to have a look at the things that energise us and the things that draw our energy and identifying those things and then bringing it back to your own life and see where it's relatable for you. What are the things that you're doing well? What are the things that could be improved upon? And you know, sometimes it's actually just giving yourself a pat on the back as well. It's maybe you're listening and you're going, what he's talking about there, I'm already doing that. And if you are, give yourself a little bit of credit. But there's always areas that can be improved too. So there's probably other sections of the podcast where you go, oh yeah, I could definitely improve on that. Or that's relevant to this part of my life. So think about that. Think about how it's relatable for you, how it's relevant for you. And then try and take action on it. Try and take away what you're learning from the podcast and see how it actually applies in real life, in practical. We always look at the practical rather than just the theory. The theory is great, but the theory doesn't change lives. Practicality changes lives. Applying things changes lives. So... I did the things that energize me on a daily basis. You need to think about what energizes you. What makes you feel good about yourself? What do you walk away from thinking, that was really nice. I enjoyed that. I feel a lot better after that. That improved my mood. That brought my energy levels up. That's something I must do on a more regular basis. What are those things for you? Take a minute to identify those things, to think about those things. For a lot of us, as we get older, we tend to leave behind a lot of the things we enjoy. And very often it's because we're too busy in inverted commas. It's because we've got kids, we're running and racing, bringing them here, there and everywhere. We're working longer hours and we just don't have time, again in inverted commas, because there's always time. It's about making time, it's about prioritising those things. Going back to the things that maybe we did when we were younger that we got so much enjoyment from and that we've let dwindle and we've let pass us by and that could very easily be brought back in just by having a little bit of planning with it and making a little bit of preparation and looking at our week and going, where could I fit that in? One of those things for me is football. Once I started running my own business, I had to give up football. I loved my football, as I've probably spoke about before on the podcast many times. What I started doing was playing once a week now. I brought it back in over the last kind of year and a half, two years. I play Thursday nights, play a bit of football. Absolutely love it. Feel amazing after it. And it's done me the world of God. It's improved my life by bringing that back into my life. Just taking an hour a week. Because there's always an hour a week if you choose to look for it and go, well, where could I fit it in? There it is. So what are the things that you enjoy? I'm going to give you some of my ideas today and the things that help me. This is a very individual thing. I can only really give you my experience and my benefits and the things that really impact my life and the things that I enjoy. Because I don't know your things. Your things are going to be completely different. But maybe me sharing mine are going to actually help you identify yours. That's the thought here. There's a good few things for me. There's a lot of things that I enjoy that I've made a regular part of my life. They happen on a daily basis. They happen on a weekly basis. There's other things maybe that happen once a year, but they're all really important. So for me, I would say walking is one. I walk every day and sometimes I walk twice a day. And the reason I walk is because I just love it from the perspective of bringing the intensity down. It's not part of my training as such. Okay, it kind of is at the minute because I've brought the steps right up. I'm on a cut. But whether it's part of my training or not, whether there's a goal-orientated meaning behind it or there's not, I'll still always walk anyway. It might be less on the days that I'm not walking, working towards something, but I'll still be walking. And I walk because it clears the head for me and I come back feeling really, really good. And it gives me time to think as well. And it just blows away the cobwebs after the end of every day. At the moment, I'm hitting 15, 16,000 steps a day. Some days it's going as high as 20, 22,000, which is a lot for a lot of you if you're not used to walking. But as a very minimum, I would say try and get 10,000 steps a day in as you can, if you can. It's funny because people find that really challenging when they're not used to walking. But the thing about it is like, that's fairly standard. That's for your health. That's what you should be aiming for. So it's not a great idea to say, well, that's too hard for me. I can't get to that. That challenges me too much. Therefore, I'm just going to not do it. If you're at 2,000 steps, get it to 5,000 steps and then gradually bring it up until you're at 10,000. But walking for me definitely energises me. Always feel a million times better afterwards. And that's one of the staples of my daily life. That's one of the things that is not just a weekly thing. It's a daily thing. I'm walking every day of the week. And funnily enough, actually, Monday night I did a Facebook Live workout and I always go for my walk afterwards. I have that little routine since I started lockdown. I do my workout and then I get straight out and just walk so I don't have time to think about it. It's just done rather than... I think if you go and shower after the workout and then sit down, you're not going to do the walk. So I'll do the walk and then I'll come back and shower. Monday night, it was bucketing down rain. It was pretty torrential. If you are in the west of Ireland, you probably know what I'm talking about. And it was raining and raining and raining. So after the workout, I said, OK, I'm going to go home and watch the football and just give myself an evening off. And that's what I did. But by 11 o'clock when the football ended, the rain had stopped. 
And I'm so in the mindset now of just, I want to walk every day, that I just said, I'm just going to get out and do it. And it was 11 o'clock at night and it was absolutely gorgeous because it was so mild and there was nobody on the streets and the rain had just nearly refreshed everything. And out I went and just got my walk and felt so much better when I came back. Because I think I get a little bit of cabin fever sometimes. If I'm having to sit down for a few hours watching a match or whatever, I need to move at the end of it. I'm not even comfortable just going straight to bed. I just felt like I needed to get outside. And it also helped me keep my routine. And I think routine is incredibly important. If you're working towards the goal in particular, it's just fundamental. Like, even if there's days that you don't feel like training, that you just turn up and you do it. And it keeps you taking over. So it mightn't be the best training session in the world. But by just turning up, you're refusing to break a habit. And that's going to keep you moving towards your goals more in the long term so walking is one of the things for me other things that are important for me training is obviously another one training is fundamentally important in energizing me every time i train i just feel so much better and it's stress relief and yeah it's i've spoke about it at length millions of times on the podcast so i won't go too deep on the training one today but i think it's people that don't train or people that get out of a routine of training it's when you're not doing it that you really, really notice the difference. You start to feel a little bit sluggish. You start to feel like you are low energy. You don't feel good about yourself. I know if I have to go three or four days without training, I just feel terrible. I just, I know I'm not myself. And I'm not myself even in terms of cognitive function and things like that too. So concentration levels, coming up with ideas, being creative, running my business. I don't function nearly as well if I'm not training. So that is one of the most important things I would say for me is my training. That happens five days a week. Sometimes it happens seven days a week. But when I say seven days a week, two of those days will be much lower intensity. So it might be just walking. It might be just hitting steps. I might hit 15,000, 16,000 steps, which I kind of don't really count as training, but other people probably would. So I'm somewhere between five and seven days, I suppose, depending on what way you look at it. Probably five, five intense days and then two kind of active recovery days is probably what I describe them as a lot of the time. There's other days then where I just need days off. There's some days where, especially if I've been training hard for maybe a period of six, eight weeks, I'll just hit a week where energy levels are low and I might just say I'm going to take a day load week this week and I might do three lighter sessions and then take four days where I do little or nothing just to bring the energy levels back up. So it's listening to your body as well. It's not just having a set structure and saying, well, this is what my trainers gave me. I should stick to it and I'm going to stick to it religiously because you've got to, your body knows you best. Your body always knows your best and it's always giving you messages. So listen to your body and listen to what it's telling you. Definitely where energy levels are concerned, your body is always giving you messages. And if your body is low on energy, it's telling you that it needs something more. Be that it might need more food, it might need a better quality of food, or it might need more rest time. It's usually giving you messages and it's so, so important that you listen to those messages. Our body, our body is our best biomechanical feedback system. The problem comes in when us super intelligent humans in inverted commas think that we know best and we think we know more than the body. Believe you me, we don't. Your body knows best what it needs. It's just that we don't listen to it an awful lot. So are certainly the people that don't train don't listen to it an awful lot. I think when you get into a training mindset and you get used to it and you get to know your body an awful lot better, you do start to listen to it a little bit more. But that comes with experience. Um, yeah, a little bit of a tangent there. But training is one of those things that keep me energized and one of those things that's non-negotiable in my daily routine. It just has to happen because I know without it, I am about half the person I am in terms of every area of my life. It affects your relationships and everything, to be honest. Like if I'm not training, I'm not in great form. I will definitely be moodier. My energy levels are a lot lower. You'll even find that you have less patience with people and you start to snap at the people that are important to you. It's usually those people you take it out on. So if I know that I'm training five days a week, I know that I'm on top form and I know that I'm the best version of me because I feel amazing when I'm training five days a week and when I fuel my body well with good nutritious foods, that's when I'm at my best and that's when everybody around me benefits as well. And I'm guessing it's the same for an awful lot of you guys. So think about that. Think about how... It's not just for you because parents especially, a lot of the time they think they're selfish by taking time to look after themselves, by taking time to train. And it's the least selfish thing in the world as far as I'm concerned because if you're a happy parent, a happy parent is a happy child and a happy family. If the parent is not happy, it's going to impact the whole family. And it's, again, you might think you're keeping it to yourself, but like kids especially, they're so intuitive. They do pick up on things. Yeah, so I, I think if you if you look after yourself and you look after your health and you look after your mental health and your physical health, you look after your energy levels and you're feeling happy, you're going to find you're going to have a much, much happier family life. It just impacts your whole environment. It's that whole ecosystem. Same with work environments. And it's it can be harder in work environments because there certainly are people in those environments that can drain your energy. But 
the key to it is to look after yourself and not to get drawn into anybody else's discussions, not to get drawn into anybody else's negativity, just to rise above it and keep putting out your positivity, keep putting out your good energy. And there's a certain amount of people that will rub off on. It won't it, it won't trans, translate everybody or transfer everybody into a super positive, happy person. But there are certain people that will be drawn towards you for that. And you will find that you've got a better circle around you and the energy in the whole environment tends to improve. But it's up to you again. As I said, this is I'm talking a lot about energy today, positive energy, negative energy, looking after the things that give you positive energy. So it's okay for people to say, be more positive. But how do you do that in a practical sense? This is what I'm talking about today. It's doing those things that keep you feeling good. That's how you create a more positive life. If you're not doing those things, everything suffers. Your mood suffers and you start to look at things an awful lot more negatively. Social media, I come back to it time and again, but social media is one that I definitely wouldn't spend too much time on, guys. In terms of forming your mindset, it's 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 detrimental an awful lot of the time. This has been coming up for me an awful lot more recently. I'm seeing with the likes of news channels posted on social media, or you'll get kind of mainstream newspapers. So the, the ones that have bigger followings and that are seen as a public platform, anytime they post something that's, would say, a news item, look at the comments in it, guys. It just, it shocks me and it, it does actually, it doesn't even shock me anymore. I'm just disgusted by it. It's like there's a news item up that's posted on social media by, we'll say a radio station or by a newspaper. And there's a hundred comments of just negativity. And it's always the same words. The words that are used are disgrace, shocking, all these sort of things. And it's a constant stream of negativity. Believe me, guys, if you're going to read through 50 or 100 comments on that post, you're going to come away from that going, yeah, this is shocking. This is disgraceful. Everything is terrible in the world. And that's the mindset of a lot of people. And I had a conversation only this week with an entrepreneur who was on my course, my online course. And we had this conversation and I was speaking to him about the importance of mindset, especially for self-employed people, especially for anybody that's trying to make a living themselves. Your mindset is fundamentally important and I really believe everybody should be doing some work on it. If you're running your own business, you have got to give yourself the best chance. 95% of businesses go out of business within the first five years. And I believe it's because the vast majority of the general population, their mindset is poor. And you only have to look at those news articles to see that. Like there might be one positive comment and there'll be 53 negative ones. And that's the way the, the mindset is because there's a huge negativity bias with human beings. We have a negativity bias because we're trained for survival. So therefore, we have to look for danger. But the problem then is that the likes of social media really exacerbates it. Because when you get people putting out negativity, other people will jump on it as well. And suddenly you've got this massive array of people coming together and just spouting negativity. And it's very hard then for one or two people who have a positive mindset to say, hang on a second, guys. Because effectively what happens is they're the one lone voice and they get lost among the hundreds. And one that kind of I've even seen the other day and I you know I don't comment on anything on social media because I just try and stay away from it I don't even read the comments and sometimes you might just see something posted and the most popular post then is obviously at the top because it got a, the most popular comments are used at the top because it gets a lot of engagement and I seen one on social media the other day and it was about the weather and it was basically saying that there was thunderstorms over the next day or two which I think is on the way there was a comment at the top and it was something along the lines of, oh, typical, sure, what else would we expect? Sure, it's always raining anyway. How could we even expect sun? And it was just this, you know, this shithole that we live in or whatever. This is the, the way it is. And there was just a pile of likes on this comment. And I felt like saying, and, and again, I don't engage with this because it's not good use of your energy. But I was just thinking to myself, where have you been for the last three months? We've been in lockdown and the sun has been splitting the stones every single day. But you prefer to zone in on the negativity of there's going to be thunderstorms for a day or two. Get over it. Seriously, get over it. We've had three months of beautiful weather, but people still prefer to take a negative slant on it rather than actually acknowledging that there is good things happening, that it's not all bad. So again, I'm going on tangents here all over the shop, but things come into my head when I'm speaking, guys, and I think sometimes I just have to get them out there, do a brain dump and share them with you guys. So I hope you don't mind that, but I am going off on tangents. So when I'm coming back to the things that energize me, I've spoke about walking, I've spoke about training. Sleep is incredibly important and sleep gets overlooked again because we're busy. And I'm using inverted commas a lot today, but busy is an inverted commas one for me because you're busy. You're as busy as you choose to make yourself. You're as busy as you choose to make yourself. When you're running a business, you discover that pretty quickly. You can be chasing your tail, doing 15 hours a day on small little tasks that bring no meaningful result for you. Or you can reduce your hours and put those energy and those hours into a couple of big tasks that bring about a big result. 
that's the way I work now. So in previous years, I would have been doing, I suppose, one-to-one consultations with clients and I was working every hour God sent, but I wasn't putting much money in the bank and it wasn't productive use of my energy because I was just focusing, majoring in the minor is what I call it, majoring in the minor, doing little things that don't bring much benefit. Whereas I discovered when I put everything online, I could take cohorts of clients, a huge amounts of them in at once. Not huge amounts because I still keep them relatively limited, but now my time has been used an awful lot better. I can actually put people into a Facebook group. It might be 10, 15 people at the most. And I can work with those 10 or 15 people and bring them massive results without having to meet each one individually. So if I was meeting 10 clients twice a week on an individual basis, that's 20 hours of my week, is it? Yeah, without even going into the prep work and the time that it takes. And, you know, that's that's the tip of the iceberg is actually the hour you're meeting them. So you're probably coming in at like 50, 60 hour weeks realistically by the time you've done the prep work, by the time you've done your social media as well, by the time you've done all the outside stuff that goes on. Like I'm recording podcasts. I am banging out social media content to beat the band. And one of those posts on social media can take an hour sometimes to put in place. So you're really looking at if 20 hours a week are going on meeting 10 clients, you know, you're still looking at another 40, 40 hours, I would say, easily between all the other stuff that's going on. So just by reshaping my business and reshaping my thinking processes, I've managed to create a more efficient business, but a business that gives me more time to myself as well. And it actually keeps me feeling better and it keeps my energy levels up as well. So you've got to look at how is your energy being managed? Is your energy going into places that are bringing a result? Or is your energy going into some places that are just taking an awful lot from you, but not bringing an awful lot back? So sleep is important. I got sidetracked again there. Sleep is important. Sleep is one of those things that has been passed up by a lot of people because they think life is busy and they have to be out there making money and work is more important and they're surviving on four or five hours sleep. You might be surviving, but you're not thriving. You might be surviving, but you're not thriving. Survival thrive. That is one of the things I always look at. And when I speak with clients, it's one of the things I speak about quite a bit because I remember a business mentor I had a few years ago she told me she was surviving on four hours sleep a night and this was regular for her. And I said to her, that's that's not brilliant. Like, you know, you really should be looking between seven and nine anyway. And if you want to be performing at your best and you want to be functioning at your best and you want to drive your business forward, that's what you should be doing. Now, bearing in mind, this was the business mentor that was meant to be telling me what to do. So I don't know how that was going down. But from a health and wellness perspective, I felt like I had to say it to her. And she just said, no, I feel I feel great. There's nothing wrong. Like, I'm fine. I'm used to it now. And I just said, you may be used to it, but that will catch up with you and that will impact on your health. And even think about the next day. So you get four hours sleep. The next day you wake up, you're going about your day. Your energy levels are low. It's proven that if you don't sleep well and you don't get good quality sleep, your food choices are poor. And then weight gain comes on as well. Your cognitive function is not as good. Your concentration is impaired. You just don't function as well as a human being. So I was saying to her, okay, you've t- you're telling me you feel okay on four hours. Imagine how good you'd be if you were getting seven or eight hours. So I think that's one of the things that has been sacrificed by a lot of people over the last few years. And I think it's one of the worst things you can sacrifice because sleep is so, so, so important. Between seven and nine hours, guys, I get eight hours every night and it's non-negotiable for me. And if I'm going to bed late, to be honest, I'll normally get up a wee bit later. I'll still get my eight hours. I'll prioritize that. And I'd always prioritise it over training as well, to be honest. So if it was a case that I'd planned to do an early training session the next morning, but I've been ending up getting home late that night, I'm going to just sacrifice the training session and get more sleep. Maybe I'll get training in later on in the day, but the sleep will not be cut. The sleep has to happen because that is important. And that's what keeps me feeling good again, keeps my energy levels high. So yeah, there's a few things. Walking, training, sleep, visiting my family has come to the fore an awful lot in the last couple of years. I've spoken about this a couple of weeks ago, so I'm not going to go too in-depth on it again. But when I go home and I visit my parents and visit my siblings and I visit my nieces or nephews or whatever, I come back and I feel great again. I feel like I'm refreshed and I feel like I'm ready to face into the world and I'm ready to face into business again and I feel an awful lot better. So do the things that make you feel good about yourself. Visit the people that make you feel good about yourself and prioritise that stuff. And again, schedule it in your diary. I now work a half day on a Friday and I go home on a Friday afternoon and that doesn't change unless I get a massive booking to speak for Facebook or something like that. That isn't going to be changing. Everybody else can work around it and you have to take that attitude. Sometimes you have to prioritize yourself. Same with your training. Training hour goes in the diary. Nobody else is getting that hour. You have to look at it that way. It's not selfish, guys. Looking after yourself is not selfish. You have to put yourself first. If you're not getting the best out of yourself, other people are not getting the best out of you. So look after yourself. Do what you need to do. Don't feel bad about it. Don't feel guilty about it. What else? Prioritizing. Yeah, I would say the environment. The environment is important. What is the environment that makes you feel good? 
this came to the fore for me during lockdown as well. I had no desire whatsoever to run during lockdown because I was living in town. I didn't want to do it. It just wasn't appeal to me running around a town within a 2k radius. Once we left lockdown and I was able to get back out to the countryside, I started running again and I just felt so much better. I felt like a weight had been lifting off my shoulders. I was getting out there. I was refreshed. I was running by the sea, fresh air. My spirit was immediately lifted. I was like, this is where I feel at home. This is this, this is where I feel like I belong. I'm, I belong in nature. I don't belong in a concrete jungle, as they say. So once I was able to get back out there, felt amazing again. And it just taught me again, reinforced me the importance of our environment, the environment around us. And even your office and stuff like that as well. Is your office bright? Is it a place that you want to go to? Is it a place that makes you feel good? Or is it dull and dreary and you dread going in? A simple thing like a, a lick of paint and a few flower pots can make a massive, massive difference. So set your environment up that it makes you feel like it's a place that you want to go. In my office, I have my vision board in front of me all the time. And honestly, guys, I know people probably are listening thinking a vision board is airy-fairy. A vision board for me is one of the most powerful tools you can use to move yourself forward. Whatever it is that you want to move forward in again. When, as I'm recording this right now, my vision board is sitting in front of me and I'm looking at a variety of things that I want to do and it actually needs updating now that I see it in front of me because some of the things have been achieved, a lot of the things have been achieved. Having a vision board for me puts me in the mental place of here's what I want to do, how am I going to get there? And I'm looking at it every day. So when I'm sitting at my desk, I'm looking at these little logos, I'm looking at these little pictures, just little representations of things that I want to achieve. And for me, it constantly reinforces every single day, that's what I'm working towards. That's why I'm getting out of bed every morning. That is what is, for me, is a version of success. So I want to achieve that. So what am I going to have to do to get there? So every day I'm looking at those things and every day it gives me a little lift because it reminds me of why I do these things. Why am I working so hard? Why am I putting myself out there on social media? Why am I opening myself up to criticism from the public? Here's why I'm doing it. It's all these things that are on the vision board in front of me. So it creates a compelling vision for me. I think a lot of the time people don't bother to think about where they're going. They don't take the time. Where am I going? What are the things I want to do? Why do I want to get there? They don't know why they're going to work every day. They don't have a reason for doing it. They don't have a drive behind them for getting up in the morning. Like on my vision board, there's even things like places where I want to go on holidays. So I'm working towards that because that's the reward. That's what I want to get. There's the biggest festivals in the country that I want to speak at. Their logo is up there because that's what I'm aiming for. And I'll make no bones about it. I want to speak at those things. I'm not going to back down and be shy and say, oh, no, I'm not good enough. I'm going, that's where I want to be. That's where I'm aiming for. I want to get up there with the very, very best. I want to stand on the same stages as the very best. Those are the things I'm working towards. I'm looking at a flyer in front of me at the moment, which came through the door in the post a couple of weeks ago. And it was just, it was one of the most surreal moments of my career. I got this, this flyer in the post, which has obviously gone out to every probably house in town. And it's for a festival that's happening next summer. The festival has been headlined by James Morrison and the Kaiser Chiefs. And then Aslan are playing and Damien Dempsey and all these massive names. And there on that flyer, in the middle of the flyer, it says Alan Williams coaching on the same flyer. And I'm going, that is, it was one of those moments where I just picked up the flyer, kept it there and gone, here this I never even thought that was possible like but this all comes back to visualization this comes back to the vision board which is sitting right in front of me and again putting it in my head that there those dreams are things that I can make happen those dreams are what I'm actually aiming for I'm not just saying I'd love to do that I'm saying I'm going to do that that's what I really want to do I really really believe that I'm going to do that and it's positive reinforcement and it's having that in front of me every day as I'm sitting at the desk recording this podcast I'm looking at it as I sit down writing every day I see it it's every single day it's reinforcing that positive message. So yeah, that's just a few little thoughts for you guys. The things that energize you, the things that make you feel good, the things that give you a little bit of drive. Set up your environment for success. Set up your environment for success. It's a big, big help. Family obviously is one of the things as well. You know, having that having a good supportive family around you helps. I know we all don't have we don't we all don't aren't lucky enough to have a supportive environment. I personally am to have a supportive family, sorry. I personally am. I think I have a good support network around me. Not everybody is lucky to do that, lucky enough to do that. But you've always heard the phrase as well. Friends are the family you choose for yourself. So if you don't have the most supportive people around you, go and find them. Go and find the supportive people. Go and find positive friends. Go and find the people that are want you to do well. The people that are behind your goals. The people that are going to tell you you can do it. Not the people that when I say I'm going to speak on the biggest stages in the country. I don't want the people that says, what are you talking about? You can't do that. And believe you me, guys, that's 95% of people in this country. Not just in this country. I'm not criticizing this country. That's 95% of people within human nature. That's how they think. That's why I say mindset is important. So you don't want those people. You want to find the 5%. You want to find the 5% to say, yeah, 
absolutely go for it. Of course you can. Why couldn't you? If you do the work, you can. And I'll support you 100% of the way. They're the people you want in your life. So think about your support network. Think about your environment. Think about what energizes you, what draws you. Some people give us energy. Some people are leeches, vampires, bloodsuckers. They draw the life out of us. Those people are not going to help you when we speak about increasing your energy levels and about feeling good and about positive energy. So I've mentioned it 10,000 times on the podcast. The people around you, guys. The people around you. Take a little look left and right. Who are, who are you spending the vast majority of your time with? There's always going to be a certain percentage of people that you have to spend a bit of time with and they're not the most positive. That's okay. But where are huge chunks of your time going? Make sure they're good people. Make sure they're good people. They have to be. Okay, so one other thing that I think actually energizes me as well that might surprise you a little bit is creating. And when I say creating, I'm talking about work. I'm talking about work. People are going, but you've just said, don't overwork, don't do this, don't do that. Absolutely. But I think work in the right context gives us positive energy. And I think when you absolutely fundamentally enjoy what you do, that can give incredible energy and it does for me. So that's what I'm including because again, I'm speaking about myself on a personal level here today. Other people are going to go, no, work drains me. There's going to be a balance here. If you find that you're, you don't hate your work, it's okay. I think you're fine. I think you're fine because you can find hobbies outside of that that you do enjoy that bring your energy level up. So you focus and improve in the other areas of your life. If you're somebody who absolutely dreads going into work and you hate the thought of it and it makes you feel miserable, I think it's time to look for a new job. And I don't say that lightly because I know people have mortgages to pay and I know people have kids to rear. But a lot of the time we put ourselves in this prison where we think we have to stay at this, that I can't do something else. I've been doing it for this long and therefore there's no way out. There's always a way out. There's always a way out. There's jobs out there if you're willing to do them. You know something, you might have to take a pay cut, but for the sake of happiness, maybe maybe it's a good trade-off. So thinking again about your work. For me, being creative energizes me. I love coming up with new concepts, putting ideas out there. Will this work? Won't that work? And I'm not in fear of it anymore. I don't fear failure. I'll just go, I'm just going to sometimes throw them out at the wall and see what sticks. These ideas I have go, this could completely bomb or it could be the biggest thing ever. And I'll just throw it out there and I'll see how people respond to it. And I love that. I love just testing the waters and just having a, an idea in your head and this I suppose, metaphysical something that comes into an actual reality, an actual something. You bring it from your brain to the real world and you see how that goes. And I love that. And I love the creativity of it all. That energizes me. My actual work day to day energizes me. Helping people energizes me. Seeing people making a difference to their life energizes me. Getting on stage, believe it or not, energizes me now. As terrifying as it once was and as much as I still get nervous, it's an incredible buzz when you're in front of this audience and you're seeing that they're getting something from it and they're feeding off your energy. It's such a buzz. And then you're on such a high and you come out and once the room empties, and this I don't know if this happens for other people. It happens, I know, for some, but it definitely happens for me nearly every time when the room empties and the adrenaline comes back down. I just crash. I just completely zonk energy's gone for me because I've given everything to that room full of people but at the same time although I'm tired and I always sleep nearly within half an hour or an hour of actually speaking I nearly go and sleep always although I'm zonked and my energy is gone I just feel incredibly satisfied and I feel fulfilled and that what for me is what my work does for me so I could never say that work is in and of itself a bad thing it's not that's the way some people view it for me it energizes me beyond belief and yeah, okay, it's drawing my energy temporarily for the hour or two afterwards, but I just feel incredible and I know that it does help me and it, feel, it helps me move towards my goal because I know that I'm helping people and I'm making a difference and that energizes me a lot, a lot. Okay, I'm taking much longer than I thought, guys. I really, again, I honestly, apologies. I thought this was going to be a 15-minute podcast. I don't know why I'm apolog apologizing because if you're listening, you actually probably enjoy it, hopefully. <laughs> um, But yeah, so... I think challenging, challenging myself, challenging myself is a big one for me as well. I come back to speaking about creating stuff there and work, but I have to be challenged. If I'm not challenged, my energy levels start to drop. If I'm going day to day and it's routine and it's easy for me, I don't feel so good. And I think as humans, motivation comes from being challenged and motivation comes from seeing progress. And really the only way you can see progress is if you challenge yourself, because if it's easy for yourself and it's on autopilot and you're going day to day, that isn't really challenging you. So therefore, how are you really progressing? You're probably not. So for me, being challenged is one of the things that really works well for me. And I think I need to be challenged. I am that type of person that I need to be challenged to get the best out of me because I, I enjoy challenge and I enjoy moving forward. and I enjoy the fact that I fail at times as well because I know that when I fail, it's building resilience and it's showing me stuff. And when I see that stuff, then I'm obviously all round. 
I'm a better person and I'm a better businessman and I'm a better a better coach and I'm a better friend and I'm a better better everything. When I'm challenged, it brings the best out of me. So it might be temporarily, there might be defeats in there. But I think when you when you push your limits and you push past your limits and you explore your potential and you see, well, what am I actually capable of? It makes you feel so much better about yourself and it brings your confidence levels up as well. So all of that stuff for me, really, really positive stuff, really positive stuff. And I think it's something everybody should think about. Not putting yourself in a position where it's going to totally destroy you, but just enough that there's a challenge there for you. And it's just moving you on to the next step, moving you on another level. Um, Yeah, I think they're kind of the main things, I think. They're the main things. But one other thing I would say, actually, do you know, and it's over the last few years, it's become a huge part of my life listening to podcasts and I speak about it every week again so you've it's not the first time you've heard me say this but listening to podcasts if you're somebody who finds that your mood drops your motivation drops start listening to podcasts listen to some listen to something that gives you a little lift or motivates you or inspires you there's millions of podcasts out there now at this stage and they're just such a brilliant brilliant resource this is like like bathing or washing or having a shower I mean I always say motivation is temporary motivation comes and goes it's not going to be there forever but that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it it's like having a shower it's not going to keep you clean forever but it's still a good idea to do it every day motivation is the same it's not going to last forever but when you do it every day it's keeping you in a much better frame of mind and it's shaping your mindset so i would definitely say to you if you feel like you need more energy if you feel like you need more positive energy start listening to podcasts and do it on a daily basis do it while you're out walking again there's always time it's not a question of not having time it's a question about prioritizing it Okay, I think I'm almost wrapped up. All of those things that I've spoke about there, they're all conscious decisions. They're all conscious decisions and they're stuff I've made decisions on at some point or another where I'm going to go, I have to get out walking now. Something else is going to be given up, but I'm going to get out walking. So it's making a decision on it. It's prioritizing things. And you know what? With the walking, it's normally kind of things like television time and social media time that are given way for it. And that's not a bad thing. Think about those things, guys. It's decisions. If you want to change something, it comes back to starting by actually just sitting down and saying, decision time, decision time. What's important to me? What do I need to be prioritizing? What's the cost of that? Because there is a cost for everything. If you go in and buy a pair of shoes, it's going to cost you something. If you go into a shop and buy a litre of milk, it's going to cost you something. If you want to get in shape, it's going to cost you something. There's going to be sacrifices. There's going to be sweat and tears. There's going to be high heart rate. Everything comes at a cost. So when you decide that you're going to make changes to your life, there's going to be a cost to pay. There's going to be a price to pay. You just need to make the decision. Are you willing to pay that price? Is it worth the sacrifice? In my experience... All of the stuff I've spoke about today, and this is only my experience, all of the stuff I've talked about today is worth every sacrifice that I've made for it. That is for sure. Eating good foods, obviously, as well. When we speak about energy levels, so many people don't realise this, and it just baffles me. I speak to people on phone consultations and that where they'll be inquiring about an online course, for example, and I believe it's much more than just those because it's, again, a huge proportion of the population. They'll tell me their energy levels are low. And they can't seem to get their heads around the fact that look at what you're eating. What do you expect? Like highly processed foods, little nutritional value, huge amount of calories in them. And I'm going, if those were taken out and you went back to whole foods and you were eating loads of fruit and veg and you were eating natural yogurts and you were eating seeds and you were eating berries and you were cooking things from scratch, your energy levels would absolutely shoot up beyond belief. And it's the simplest thing in the world. But people don't do it because they now I think we're poisoned by salt or poisoned by sugar. We have this thing where everything has to be super tasty. And I use super tasty in inverted commas because people think that that equates to sugar. And that equates to all like you think about the things people post on, on social media, be it all this lovely ice cream or fancy cake or fancy dinners. 95% of those pictures that you see are very high calorie because normally they're laced with sugar, sweeteners, artificial sweeteners. You know, so I, th- I bring it back to basics and it's nearly retraining your palate and it's going whole foods. So, so tasty when you actually get used to eating them, get your taste buds nearly reset in a way, I think, because it's just people now seem to think people are uh, the same thing. Everything is bland unless it's laced with sugar, which, you know, that it, it's your prerogative. Again, you can do that if you like. I'm not here to judge or anything like that. But I am saying if you're talking to me about energy levels, you need to actually look at what you're putting in your body. That's it always always your starting point 
Stop looking for shortcuts. Stop looking for somebody to tell you, oh no, what you're doing is fine. It's actually something else. I think that's what we do as human beings. Sometimes we're afraid to face the actual thing. We prefer to convince ourselves that it's something else because we don't want to give up the thing that it actually is, if that makes sense. Always as well, energy level, something that works well for me. Taking time out. Taking time out. Not just walking and things like that. That's important, obviously. Something else that I think works well for me is just occasionally meeting up with friends to have a game of pool to chat shit about nothing in particular just blow the breeze as they say or shoot the breeze is that the phrase and yeah just take the intensity out of it have a chat have a laugh discuss absolutely nothing in particular get away from work get away from pressure get away from everything that works well that's something make time for when i mentioned earlier about we give up things as we get older in terms of sport, in terms of football, in terms of all the things that we used to enjoy, one of the things we give up as well is making time for our friends. This happens very often when you see people kind of hit late 20s, early 30s, they get married, they start taking on mortgages, their career starts moving forward in some way. It's very, very commonplace that they start losing touch with their friends. And I think it's one of the most dangerous things in the world to do. You have to have a network of people around you that not all of your not all of your energy and your friendships are invested in one person or one or two people. I think it's important that you keep touch with with friends and with people that are important in your life, not just with your partner or your husband or your wife. I think that's an incredibly dangerous thing to do, to be honest, because, again, I've spoken about where if all of your self-confidence is coming from one thing, be that business, be that sport, it's very similar. If that thing is taken away, where are you? then you've got a problem. But I think even from the perspective of knowing who you are and knowing who you are as an individual and growing yourself as a person, that has to come from within and that has to be just about you. Again, a conversation I had last week. Same same guy, actually. Businessman, entrepreneur, doing well. And we were speaking about lockdown and the effect on relationships. And Obviously, it's in the media at the moment about domestic violence and stuff like that, but we weren't even coming from that perspective. It's more about, he was saying, you know, it's it's certainly different when you're spending that much time with the same person or with the same two, three people in the house, can't go anywhere. And it just, it can be challenging. It can be challenging. What I was saying to him, this was my perspective on it, I was saying, I think even in regular times, not lockdown times, every single person should be spending time on their own. And shouldn't be afraid to spend time on their own. And I think that's healthy for a relationship. That everybody has their own interests and has their own life. And you know we were born into the world as independent. And I think we should certainly keep a level of independence. Your happiness comes from within. It's internal. If you're relying on somebody else to make you happy. That's not healthy. That's not a good position to be in. So I think sometimes when you come into relationships. You have to nearly look at making yourself happy. And doing the things that you know when you mind yourself, I spoke about it earlier again, when you mind yourself, you bring the best of yourself to other people. And that comes from looking after yourself and that comes from growing you rather than just expecting somebody else to do things that make you happy, which, you know, there's a balance there to be struck, I guess. But I think it's so, so important that you take an hour on a Friday to go and play golf on your own, away from your partner, away from the family. I think it's so important that you take an hour to go and meet your friends I think it's so important that you take an hour to go to bingo, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you do, whatever it is that you enjoy, whatever it is that you love. I don't think you should ever cut that out. I think you should definitely be able to take time away on your own. And I think people are afraid to spend time on their own. I think people are so afraid of their own thoughts, of what's going on in their own heads, of what they might discover about themselves. I'm incredibly independent. I'm probably one of the most incredibly independent people you'll ever meet in your life. I enjoy time on my own. I'm not afraid of being on my own in any way. I think I enjoy my own company. I love getting into my own head. I love discovering things. I love thinking things through. I love coming up with solutions to things. A lot of the time, the only way I can do that is by spending time on my own. And I would have no problem at all just going away from the environment for a weekend and just getting into my own head. And I think people are absolutely terrified to do that. So again, you come back to speaking about your environment. If you're looking at being in the same environment all the time, never getting time away from that environment, you're probably not going to see where the issues are. You're not going to see where the problem are, problems are because you can't see it when you're on ground level. You just sometimes need to get away from the environment, not been in the position where you can't see the wood from the trees, just moving away from that and being able to see what's going on, getting a bigger overview, looking at the whole map. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to split up marriages or anything, by the way. <laughs> That's not what I'm doing. I'm not saying your partner is all the problem. I'm just saying I think it is important, even for your energy levels, that you do the things that you enjoy. And I think it's important for your personal development that you're able to spend time on your own as well, that you're an individual. You're not just totally aligned into the couple thing. You're two individuals coming together for a greater good or a higher power, but you are still two individuals. So it's always important that you explore your individuality and do the things that energize you rather than just doing things that keep somebody else happy and maybe just going along with something for the sake of it. So it improves relationships. It does, because when you're happy, everybody else is happy. Okay, right. Where are we? I'm almost done, I think. I'm almost done. I've done a lot of talking today. It's much longer than I expected. This all brings me back to the question of what is success and what is success for you? Success is different things to different people. But I think there's so many people that from the outside looking in, we go, he's killing it. She's killing it. They've sorted. They are incredibly successful. But you don't know. You don't know. You don't know what's going on behind closed doors. You don't know what's going on in somebody's head. You think somebody's successful, but maybe you're only looking at one aspect of their lives. I think that's what we all tend to do as a society. We deem them to be successful if we're looking at, we'll say, their business, their wealth, their circumstances, their career, their job, their income, their lovely house. We judge their success levels on that. But we don't see what's going on in their head. And very often, and I know this because I've hung out with people who have really been successful in business. And I've had clients that I've worked with who were incredibly good at what they do, but they were utterly miserable behind it. And I often say, you know, they might be very wealthy, but emotionally, mentally, physically, they're a train wreck. They're bankrupt. That's what you don't see. That's what the public doesn't see. They see the... The image that somebody wants to put out there, but they don't see the, the real, real behind closed door stuff that goes on. And I see that because when I work closely with clients, they've come to me for help and they're opening up to me. And I hear an awful lot of what goes on and I see an awful lot of what goes on. And I think you've got to be able to define what success is for you. It's different things for different people, but it's not always about money. And it's, you know, I've worked with clients that had all the money in the world, but they just weren't happy. And their marriage was suffering and the relationships were suffering because they were putting all of their time into their business, into being perceived to be successful. And yeah, OK, the bank, bank balance might be there. But how can you really say it's success if somebody's health is suffering, if somebody is miserable, if somebody's energy levels are low? How can we define that as success? It's material wealth. But material wealth and success, to me, are not the same things. Again, everybody's definition of success is going to be different. It's going to be different. But my definition of success is probably going to be more along the lines of, are you happy? Do you like yourself? That's a big question. Do you like yourself? Think about that one. Can a lot of people, can everybody answer yes to that question? Definitely everybody can't. So again, you could look at people who are incredibly successful wealth-wise. But do they like themselves? In my experience, a lot don't. They don't like the person they've become along the way. They don't like the fact that they aren't able to have meaningful relationships with people anymore. They don't like the fact that they have cut off a lot of people out of their lives because they've got so into their business. They don't like the fact that they no longer feel like they're energetic. They don't like the fact that they no longer have time to get out and do the things they enjoy. They don't like how they've sold things to people at times. They don't like that the fact that they've become incredibly ruthless to put the money in the bank. So do you like yourself is a really, really telling question. Do you like yourself? Are you happy? They're my definitions of success. And I think if you can answer yes to those questions, to me, you've nailed it, guys. You might not have the most money in the bank. You might not have the biggest house. But if you're happy, if you're contented, that in itself is definitely success. I could even speak to you a little bit about myself here. When we speak about success and perceived success, Back a few years ago when I had started to get more of an online following and the business was starting to take off a wee bit, things were going quite well for me. I was appearing all over social media. I was appearing in national newspapers on a very regular basis. I was speaking on radio stations all over the place. At the time, I was speaking on national radio stations. I was doing news talk. I was on BBC radio. I was doing all these amazing things from the outside looking in. And I know this because people were saying it to me. You're absolutely killing it. It's unbelievable what you're doing because people knew my story. They knew I had come from a gym where I wasn't happy, where I was scrubbing floors, where I felt like I wasn't making an impact. And they knew that I had set up a business and I was doing classes where there was nobody turning up and I was struggling to make ends meet. And it was just it was just a long haul. It was difficult. 
And then suddenly they're seeing me all over the place. And I was nearly just taking over the fitness industry at one stage. I was doing all this stuff and everybody was coming up to me and they're going, it's unbelievable. It's absolutely incredible what you're doing. You've killed it. You've made it. Like, And they were the words people used. Like they were telling me you've made it. Like, what's what's making it? What's making it? Like, do you know, it's okay. I'm in, I'm in the Irish Independent and, you know, I still write for them on a semi-regular basis. But back then, because it was so new and I was in it all the time and it was coming up fairly regularly. And I remember there was one period of time where within the space of a week, I think I was in the Endo and I was in the Daily Mirror and I was in the Sun and I was in the Irish Examiner and they were all running articles. And people were saying to me, this is this is unbelievable. And, you know, I was kind of going, OK, but you're not seeing what's going on behind the scenes. And I couldn't say this because I wasn't. I wasn't confident enough back then to tell people that's not what's happening behind the scenes. You know, I was going, I'm going to go with this because it's great publicity for me and it's building my reputation. But it wasn't what was, you know, behind the scenes, my my personal life was suffering more than you could imagine. My personal life was suffering to the point that I didn't have one. Like I was literally public property. I didn't have a personal life. Everything was gone into my business. I had lost a lot of friends when I started putting all my energy into that one, all the eggs into one basket. It was just into my business. It was into getting the business out there. And yes, it was bringing in results because it was getting me into newspapers. It was getting me on radio stations. It was bringing in money. But it certainly did come at a cost. And I had really, really isolated myself. I cut myself off from the world. I wasn't making the effort to keep in touch with people. I've told you before, I wasn't seeing my own family for three months at a time. That was the way it was going. So there was a huge, huge price to pay. And I decided in the end that it wasn't worth paying. So I started pulling back from that a little bit. I still do bits and pieces. I do enough to keep myself out there. And as anybody that's running a business will tell you, it's very, very important to keep yourself out there. But I did feel like I had to just pull away from it and not just be the fitness guy because it was killing me. Like I was actually, I was suffering for it. My mental health was suffering from it as well. Like it wasn't, I wasn't happy. I just felt like I'm only the fitness guy. That's all I am to people. And I had put myself in that position. I mean, I have nobody else to blame but myself. I had put myself in that position. And there was times I didn't even... I didn't even feel like I was the person they were portraying me as. Like I, I'm, I'm very open and I, I really, really care about people and I try to be as empathetic as I can. But I was seeing, especially with the likes of the tabloids, like there's one headline I seen that was, um, what was it? I was like, top fitness coach slams something or other. And I was like, I don't think I've ever slammed anything in my life. <laughs> it's not my style. Like, I don't slam things. This was the type of headlines that was coming out. And I was going, I don't particularly want to be the Eamon Dunphy of the fitness industry, you know. Um, so, look, that was that was probably with some of the tabloids to grab headlines. Because actually, you'd find then when you read the article and you read the quotes that I, that I was kind of quoted on, they were fairly practical and they were fairly down to earth and they were irrelevant. But the headline sometimes was just to grab attention. Whereas the likes of the end on that, I feel like it's fairly balanced and I can put my my views across. They're nearly the only ones nearly that I kind of do at this stage. Um, but yeah, that, that was what I felt like. I had nearly, nearly lost control in that I felt like I was becoming public property and I felt like people only viewed me as just that person. And because of that, I had lost a lot of friends. I've reconnected with people over the last couple of years, thankfully. But you say to me back then, was I successful? I would say... I was successful in certain aspects of my life. I was totally unsuccessful in others. So you've got to defi- define what success is for you. If the definition is loads of media attention, loads of national media, building a business, building the bank balance a wee bit, gaining a following, gaining a reputation, yeah, I was successful. If the goal was having better relationships with the people around you, Improving your mental health, being happy, looking after myself, doing the things that I really, really enjoy, making time for those things, then no, I wasn't successful. So there's probably a balance somewhere in the middle. And and I think that's that's the way it has to go sometimes. And it's going to sound funny to me saying this after all I've just said. But I do think in business, in the early years, you nearly have to do that. You have to nearly just go all in. And as much as you're going to suffer, sometimes that's what it takes to get the business off the ground. 
And that's why I think 95% of people go out of business in the first five years, as well as their mindset. It's the fact that they don't realize the amount of work that it takes. So I think despite the fact that I'm saying, okay, it's not the ultimate definition of success. I think for anybody that's self-employed and setting up a business, you the business nearly owns you for the first two or three years. You have to be nearly willing to give up. You nearly have to be willing to give up your life for that first two or three years because that's what it takes to get yourself out there. So although I'm saying... I don't believe I was ultimately successful. It wasn't the ultimate definition of success for me. I think it was something that I had to do. And I think if I was to do it again, I probably would. I would just do it a little bit differently. I'd make sure I was still making the time for the people around me. That was the one thing that I didn't do well. So you learn. Look, hindsight's a great thing. It'd be great if, if somebody had said that to me at the start and I had the experience of somebody who had gone before me and I didn't. Like I had no context. It was literally just... I kind of went from going from, I spoke again about the class I did where there was three people and I thought my business was at an end. It was the middle of winter and I was just as low as I've been. I went from that to suddenly being all over the national media. And I mean, how do you handle that? I had no experience of it. You have to figure it out as you go. You have to learn. There was nobody to tell me, Alan, you're making mistakes here. You're cutting out the people that are actually really supportive of you and the people that you need. And I just want to clarify, like, it was never that I had a bad attitude to, to those people or anything like that. It was just that I didn't make the time to stay in touch with them. It was literally that. And I realise now how important it is to keep in touch with those people. Because without them, the journey becomes an awful lot harder. Because it, it is going to be tough. And, like, if there's going to be a case then where you're putting all that effort into one thing and then the tough time comes, if you haven't kept those friends with you, who do you pick up the phone to ring? Who do you pick up the phone just to have a conversation and bounce ideas off and somebody to say it's going to be okay? If you haven't got that person, it's not it's not really success, is it? You know, so, yeah, I think that part of my life was important. I think I did well in that part of my life. I think I managed it well, but not perfectly. And maybe that's okay. I just if I was doing it differently again, I would make sure that I looked after myself a little bit better. That's all. I would do it again. I would do it again, but I would look after myself better that's about it um but yeah no look it's i i think i'm a much better balance now because i have started looking after myself a bit better and now i've actually just started doing the gigs that i want and i've started writing for the people that i want and i've started giving interviews to the, just the people that i want rather than just doing everything for the sake of getting myself out there and just jumping when somebody you know somebody would say jump i'd say how oh, high you know so now it's like okay you're the one i want to work with you're the one i want to give an article to and that's kind of how i operate and it's funny because i think you have to stand up for yourself as well at times and again going back to protecting your energy do the things that you want to do and don't just do something because you think it's going to get you out there or because it's, you, you think it's what somebody wants to hear. I got a request for an article last week and it was it was an article I decided I wasn't going to do. And the request that came in was basically around, could you write a piece for us on supplements for sporting success? That was what they, the, the, that was the, the brief they gave me. Can you write a piece for us on supplements for sporting success? And what they were doing was getting a handful of, I suppose, people that are, I suppose, known or doing well within the industry just to give an opinion on this and just to, you know, give a little piece each was what they were doing. And I don't think anybody took my line on it, but I decided, look, there's certain things I believe in. I have certain values and I'm not willing to compromise on those. So I emailed back and I said, look, I have no problem at all with what you're doing. I'm not going to interfere with it. I don't even know if I should be telling this story. Maybe. Um, I'm not going to interfere with it. You do what you want. But I'm not going to take part in this one. And the reason I'm not going to take part is because I'm not a massive app. I'm not a massive advocate of supplements and the type of supplements that really, I suppose, you're looking for me to write about. If I'm recommending supplements, it's probably going to be things around health. It's going to be things like vitamin D. It's going to be things like fish oils. It's not going to be pre-workouts. So pre-workouts for me, incredibly expensive. If you are a coffee drinker, a cup of coffee does the exact same thing. They're caffeine based. It gives you a bit of a buzz. Caffeine is a stimulant, gets you buzzing, gets you woke up, gets you through your training session. Pre-supplement, exact same thing. Caffeine based, same as coffee, does the same job, costs about 10 times more. So I wasn't willing to write about those things because I'm not a massive advocate of them. There's certain things I do like, the likes of protein shakes and magnesium. I would use those. But again, I, I wasn't willing to write about those because I think for the general population, 99% are trying to put the cart before the horse. What they actually need to do is sort out their diet, supplement the name itself, 
even gives you a hint. It should be supplementing a good healthy diet. It shouldn't be replacing something. It shouldn't be saying, I'm going to start taking shakes because that's going to help me lose weight. And that's what so many people think it does. It's not. It doesn't do that. So, like, I think I spoke about it a few weeks ago on the podcast where somebody had said to me she wasn't losing weight and she started taking shakes. And effectively, all she was doing was adding shakes to her daily food calories and adding another 300 calories on so of course you're going to gain weight so a lot of the stuff they wanted me to speak about i didn't i didn't want to and i said look i can write a piece around health related supplements if you want but i'm not going to write on what on the brief you've given me they got back to me and she said alan i really really appreciate that and i can 100 see where you're coming from and i agree with you the problem we have is that I don't know if I should tell you this. I'm not going to name names anyway, but she said the problem we have is that we've been sponsored by this supplement company and they want us to write this piece. So I agree with you. I'm delighted you've made that point to me. Nobody else did. You're the only one that did. Um, And I really respect you a million times more for not doing it was basically kind of the gist of it. And sure enough, then a couple of days later, she emailed me again and looked for a totally different article from me. And she was like, this is the piece I want you to write. I love I love your writing style. I love what you do. And you're the only one that's basically been asked to write this piece. So basically, I suppose by standing up for my principles and for my morals, I got a much better gig. <laughs> um, long story short. But yeah, I think you have to you have to do the stuff that energizes. You have to do the stuff that you believe in and you have to stand firm on your principles. So that was important to me. That's just a little story that I thought I'd share with you. But um, yeah, I think a lot of, a lot of people are... You know, a lot of people are fronting as well. They're not doing stuff that they actually feel good about, stuff that energizes them, hanging around with people that are important to them. And like I see people that are out there trying to be friends with everybody and that doesn't work either. There's one guy that springs to mind for me, like, and he is, he's a, he's a nice guy, you know, he's grand. But he's just so overly friendly with everyone and it's the big gestures with the handshakes and it's just all, it's just really over the top. But when I bring it back to thinking about it, I've never had a meaningful conversation with that guy. Like, I've never had an actual proper conversation. It's just really, a lot of it is fronting and trying to be popular. And you're never going to find contentment or happiness with that. So I believe, really, you're better off having a handful of really good friends than trying to be Mr. Popular or Miss Popular and trying to have three and a half thousand friends on Facebook. And you might know 57 of them, you know. So really, I think, think about the things that are important to you. Think about the things that make you happy. Think about the things that energize you. And then do that. Then do that. Guys, this has been the longest podcast in ages and it was meant to be the shortest. I don't know how that happened. I'm going to wrap it up with that. I'm going to wrap it up. If there's anything I can help you with, get in touch. My online course starts again on Monday. Monday the 29th, this coming Monday. It's going to be a smaller group because people are not going on holidays. And as much as I speak about long-term change, if they're not going on holidays, an awful lot aren't bothering to get in shape. That's the reality of it. So it's a good time to join because it means you've got 100% of my attention because it's going to be a small group. So I'd love to see you there. Get in touch with me if I can help you. If you enjoyed the podcast, share it out. I would really appreciate that. And thanks for listening. I will speak to you again next week. All the best.